This is Joel Johnson, Senior Minister at Parkview Christian Church. I want to thank you for listening to our sermons online. If you have any questions, feel free to contact me by email at joeljohnson at parkviewfinley.org. All right, good morning, Parkview. Good to see you all this morning. I kind of want to watch more of Olive. You guys just want to do that for a little while? That was precious, wasn't it? (laughs) Oh, am I on? Am I on now? Check one, two. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to start. So, um, this morning, uh, I I feel very privileged to be able to speak uh, this morning, and uh, I've been looking forward to it. But I have a pretty lofty goal set ahead of me for my message this morning. Um, And uh, so, but before we do that, let's go to God in prayer, and um, we'll get going. Our Father in heaven, we are so grateful for who you are, for all that you do for us. Um, and uh, Father, we just invite you this morning to be our teacher. We, we invite your spirit to move in us this morning to teach us, to instruct us, Father, to empower us and give us strength and courage. Uh, Father, that we may be more like you and... Uh, and we can uh, honor you in our lives and our time here on this earth. Father, thank you once again for all you are, for all you do. And uh, bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you open up your bulletins, you probably noticed it's a little bit different. There's not like an outline in there. There's some questions. If uh, Just, just uh, there for you if you want to follow along and answer the questions as we go this morning. Now, the good part about this is, is that that Nate, Nate and I were, were talking, and Nate was so excited about this that he's like, hey, if, if people fill out and get all of the questions right, I'm taking them to Texas Roadhouse this morning, right? All right, Nate. No? No, you don't? Oh, always oh, the second Tuesday of next week, right? Okay. All right, well, maybe he won't do that, but... Uh, um, that would be nice. Oh, be pretty good. Well, like I said, my goal this morning is a pretty lofty goal. How many of you got out of bed this morning and opened your eyes and said, oh, I would just really like a little pain this morning. That sounds good, doesn't it? Right? Like, oh, I would just like maybe a little bit of heartache, maybe some disrespect and disappointment. Maybe those things would be Man, if I could just get those things today, that would be pretty great. How many of you? No, none of us do that, right? Every day when we wake up, we look forward to what the day could hold. We we hope for great things, right? We hope for a productive day, a day of victories. We hope for uh, things to go well, for there to be uh, uh, just good things that happen in our day, right? None of us look forward or ask for difficult things things to stand in our way. And yet, James chapter 1 and in verse 2, he says, and let me get it there for us, we'll read it together. Oh, too far. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Yes, right? Bring it on. 
Uh, maybe not quite that much. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. This is a great verse, but it's a little difficult, isn't it? Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. I got to tell you a story. When um, Christina and I were first married, um, and we, I had finished my first job in ministry. I, I had resigned. Um, I spent about three years uh, at this church, and I resigned. Uh, things were difficult in those last few uh, months, really difficult. I went to a, a seminar for youth ministers, and I spent most of the, my time in the, in the prayer room just praying about all that was happening and the difficulty that was in front of me. And, uh, and so after that conference, I came home, and it wasn't long after that that I put in my resignation there, and I ended up leaving uh, that place. I remember night after night, different moments uh, in that experience where I was just sobbing and weeping over all that was taking place. It was difficult. It was a very difficult time. I mean, Christina and I were newlyweds. We're still trying to figure out one another, you know, um, figure out how to live with each other, her especially. Um, but, uh, and then on top of that, I, I'm, tr I'm wanting to do ministry, wanting to do a good job, and, and uh, all of these things, blows from the enemy just keep coming my direction. And I was really discouraged. Um, I was really down. I felt... Uh, uh, like a failure, um, and I was really disappointed in, in how everything took place. And so I took this verse, James 1, 2 to 4, and I, I printed it out on a piece of paper, and I stuck it. We were at my mom and dad's, and I stuck it uh, on the door of the bedroom that we were staying in. We were going to be there a few days, and so I, I put it there as a reminder that all of, that I should consider it pure joy. And, I, and I'll be honest with you, during the time that I was there, I kept reading that verse, consider it pure joy, consider it pure joy. And I'm like, I got nothing. I got no joy. <laughs> I didn't feel any joy at all. No matter how many times I read it, I just did not have any joy in that situation. And so I'm like, I don't know how, I, how you want me to do it, God, but I keep reading it, it's not happening, right? And, uh, and so uh, a little bit later, I, I go on to another ministry job and then uh, was there for about three years, moved to California for six months. And that was, whoo, yeah, it was so one, it was, I missed one, I missed one winter. So I guess it was good for that, right? But um, moved back, very discouraged after that third time. And I decided to take a break from full-time ministry at that point. During that moment, um, my wife and I, Christ Christina, and uh, we had Caleb at this point, and he was uh, just a little guy. We moved back in with mom and dad um, while we, I tried to figure out what I was going to do for a living and uh, how things were going to be. And so, um, you know, it was uh, really awesome. I mean, isn't that what everyone wants to say? I'm living with my mom and dad, Right? This is so great. Like, you know, you're back in your hometown. You run across people from high school. They're like, hey, we voted you most likely to succeed. What's going on right now? Yeah, I'm living with my parents. 
you know, second floor, it's a pretty nice gig, you know, I got it made, you know. It's not really something that you brag about, right? And so, uh, you know, I'm pretty discouraged. But you know what was still on that door? This verse. And I came across it again, and I began to read it again. Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And it dawned on me by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, that's what I want. That's what I've wanted all this time, right? I've prayed over and over again. I want to be a strong Christian. I want to be someone who relies completely and totally on God. I want to be someone who makes a difference in the people around me because of my faith and because of my love for the Lord. That's what I want. And he's saying, that's what I'm doing, Sean. That's what all these trials are about. I'm creating this in you. I'm making you mature and complete, not lacking anything. Right now you are, right? And I've got some work to do. But if you just embrace it and go with me, I'll take care of you. And this is what I'm going to make you into. And so for the first time in my life, I was able to look at things and say, thank you, Lord. Do your work in me, whatever it takes, because that's what I want, right? There's none of us that think about being a Christian and just like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll get there someday, right? Athletes don't do that, right? Nobody goes and trains for a race and then are just like, well, I'll finish when I finish, you know? It's not that big. We desire to do well. And as Christians, knowing Jesus our Lord, we desire to be like him, don't we? To live like him and to look like him and to make a difference and to show other people who he is. And God says, that's what I'm doing in you. So don't be discouraged by these trials. Don't be discouraged by this difficult time, right? And so first, as we talked about uh, the testing of your faith, right? The testing of your faith, the testing process, how does it work, right? Well, faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God, right? Romans 10, 17 says that. God, we hear the word of God and faith is planted in our hearts and it begins to grow, right? And it begins to develop. And so as it develops, then... uh, The wind and the storms and the sun and all of those things beat on it. And they test it, right? Kind of like the parable that Jesus talks about, about the different kinds of soil, right? There's some seed thrown on good soil, some on rocky soil, some uh, with thorns and that kind of thing. And he talks about those different kinds of soil and and the the one thrown with the thorns grows and it's squeezed out right? By the cares and concerns of this world. And then another grows and uh, in the rocky soil and it's scorched by the sun and it doesn't produce anything because it didn't have any roots, right? 
And so the testing process is, is, is very much like this. Our faith is tested. And it's a good thing that it's tested. And it's something that we actually do every day, right? Uh, the scientific method, right? If, if we go back to elementary school or whenever we first learned that, the scientific method is that uh, you develop a hypothesis, right? An idea in your head, and then you try to prove it or disprove it, right? Because you want to know if it's real. And that's kind of how we work, right? We want to know if something is real, so we put it to the test, just like our faith is put to the test. Some of our ideas about God, are they right or wrong? Those are put to the test, and we'll talk about that a little bit more here in a moment. But first, let's talk about the testing process, right? What does it do? First of all, the testing process develop or determines validity. And so I need uh, some help here with this next illustration. And I, I'm going to, if you're listening live stream, you're probably not going to see me for a minute. I'm coming off stage. I can't sit still. So you're just going to have to deal with it. But I got this glass of water and I'm thinking maybe Bob looks thirsty this morning and that he would probably like this cup of water. Do, would you like to take a drink of that? Well, why are you sniffing it for? I'm making sure you didn't put anything in there. Oh, making sure, huh? Okay. Yeah, that's exactly right. So Bob, he doesn't know me. He's not real sure, you know, what kind of joker this is, what he may be doing. It, it may, uh, and so he tested it, didn't you? He stopped and he looked at it and he said, oh, okay, it looks like water. He smelled it and said, okay, it smells like water. And then finally he took a drink and, and he said, okay, yeah, it is water. Sean's not... Sean's not messing with me. It's okay, right? And so your faith in me and in what this is grew in that moment, didn't it? Because before you weren't really sure, but now you're sure. You, you had an idea, right? Okay. But the, we do that with things on a regular basis, right? We test things. We're not sure whether or not it's good. And so the same thing happens uh, in our relationship with, with the Lord. It's one thing to know Scripture, right? You can read Scripture all day long. You can memorize verses all day long. But until they've been tested, you still have another level to move, right? Right? It's one thing to say, uh, that, God is, that God is love. It's another thing to experience the love of God, isn't it? It's one thing to be told something about Scripture. It's another thing to experience it. It changes your faith entirely, doesn't it? I believe this, but it's never been put to the test. But when it is put to the test, you experience it, and you can say yes this is true, this is good, this is right. And so God does that with us, with the Bible, with the word of God, with our understanding of who he is. He puts it to the test and our faith is tested and, and things come into question sometimes. And we determine whether or not God is trustworthy, whether he's safe, whether he's good. All of those things, right? Secondly, the testing process proves reliability. Uh, before I met Christina, um, uh, 
we're going to tell a little bit of story here, right? So Christina is uh, a little bit older than me, five years older than me. So, um, so we went to the same college, but she, she was out of school before I started. So when I started, I was with like her sister and her brother, her younger sister and brother. And so I knew about Christina, but that was, that was it. I didn't really know her, right? And uh, she went to school with my older brother and sister-in-law at the time. And so um, uh, she ended up coming up to my house to visit uh, my brother and sister-in-law. And so she did that. And then, of course, my brother and sister-in-law start planning, start scheming, saying, oh, we got to get these two together, right? And so they do that. And... um, so they start talking to me, and they're like, hey, Sean, Christina, uh, I think you'd really like her. She's pretty. She's compassionate. You know, she's easy to talk to. And they begin to tell me all of these things, right? And so it intrigued me enough that I asked her on a date, right? And before long, all of that was proved true. And I was like, I love this woman, and I want to marry her, right? And so that's, we we kind of do that testing process ourselves every day. And, and uh, it proves that what my brother and sister-in-law said was reliable, right? I could trust what they said about her because I found out for myself it was true. At the beginning, I wasn't just ready to say, oh, that's great, let's, I'll just marry her. We don't need to date. I'll take your word for it, right? <laughs> Uh, There's not too many of us that would jump into that kind of scenario, right? Um, If we did, we really trusted our brother and sister-in-law, I'll tell you that. But that's not how it works. Uh, And... um, but it's proven reliable. In 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, there was a very uh, similar experience that Paul talks about. Starting in verse 8, he says, We don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened, but this happened, that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. Back to this. This happened so that we might not rely on who? Ourselves, right? Paul's finding out in this moment that there's... There's a part of us that relies on ourselves, right? We say, yeah, Lord, I trust you. I depend on you. You're everything to me. But then we work very diligently to make all the things happen that we think should happen, right? And the truth is, we are not reliable. Even in our best efforts, right? How many of you have sinned? Right? We've all sinned, right? We've all fallen short. How many of you have done things you never thought you would do? Me too. I've done sins I never thought I would be able to commit. And yet I've done those things. I'm not reliable. I can't even choose 
the right things half the time and do the right things or say the right things. I'm not reliable. And so Paul says in this moment that he realizes he has not the ability to determine the outcome of this situation. And it happened for a purpose so that he would not rely on himself, but on God who raises the dead. And so in this moment, God is proven reliable. And so Paul says, so we can put our hope on, in him because he will deliver us again. That's the God that we serve. And so we can place our trust in him. He is reliable. Next, the testing process reveals, oh, I get to it. The testing process reveals and removes impurities. Now, I have another glass of water here. Um, Bob, we, you've been such a good sport already. Let's just, you mind taking another drink? Another drink for me, please, here. A, a, big, uh, no. a big gulp. A no. big gulp. Why not? Not with all this stuff in it. What do you mean stuff in stuff, it? Stuff, all the stuff, all the floors. I mean, it's like river water. I mean, you'll yeah, be fine. Yeah, river water, no. You don't, you don't want all that? No. All right, fine. Uh, anybody else want to try? Okay, everybody's taking Bob's word for it, huh? I see how it is. Right. So, yeah, it's filled with gravel and dirt, right? What, what kind of big deal is that? Yeah, well, you don't want to drink that, do you? Because it's filled with impurities. I don't want my faith to look like this. Right? I don't want to stand on God a little bit here and stand on this a little bit there and stand on that a little bit there. I want my faith to look like this. Pure and suitable for the Lord. Hebrews chapter 12 I love this verse. See to it, and he's talking uh, about God. He says, see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we? If we turn away from him who warns us from heaven, uh, if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven. At that time, his voice shook the earth. Talking about the time back in Moses. That's what uh, he's talking about here. But now he has promised, once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. The principle here, He's talking about a time when he will do that in, in a final sense, right? But let me tell you that sometimes God shakes things, and when he does, it is his grace being displayed for you. Sometimes your life is shaken up, and things are tested, and that's a grace to you because you need to know that what you're standing on is not solid. You need to know that what you're putting your faith in 
is not good and will not do the job that you want it to do. And so sometimes God shakes things so that you can see that they can be shaken. That's part of the purification of our faith, making us mature and complete, not lacking anything. One of the reasons, or one of the ways that it reveals and removes impurities is with misconceptions. We all have an idea about who God is, don't we? And if we talked with one another, we would probably come to a pretty similar consensus. But still, within this group, if we talked about who God is, we would probably find some differences. What we believe about him. But you know, when I'm with my wife, Christina, you know, if she, uh, if she thinks I'm mad at her, I'm angry at her, then it kind of changes her behavior to me, doesn't it? If she believes that I'm angry... She's kind of going to stay away, right? She's going to move away. Her, her behavior toward me may change because of that. And so in our relationship with one another, as a husband, I want to get rid of that misconception, don't I? Because I want her to know, hey, I'm not mad at you. I, I, I don't want you to be distant from me. I don't want you to pull away from me. I'm not mad. I'm not upset with you. I'm perfectly happy with you, right? But that misconception, what does it do? It puts distance between me and Christina, doesn't it? And it, and it puts conflict and, and we're walking around on eggshells, right? In my relationship with her because there's this idea that I'm upset with her or this or that about me. Well, the same is true in our relationship with God. There are things that we think or believe about him or that we think he thinks of us that aren't quite right. And so sometimes these things come along because God is trying to remove a misconception that you may have of him and help you to see clearer what he thinks of you, what he believes of you, his love for you. And that's a beautiful thing, isn't it? When we're dating, like the first time you go out on a date, like you, you're doing everything that you can to impress this person and to make them like you and, and uh, to try to get along and, and all of this. And then uh, finally, as things go a, a little bit longer, you start dropping your guard a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more until they don't like something. And then maybe you put your guard back up, right? But this is the beautiful thing about God. He's ready for you to drop all of those because he knows everything about you. The beautiful thing about God is you don't have to pretend. You're fully known by him and you're loved by him. And so if there's anything in your heart, in your mind that is in conflict with that and your understanding of God, he wants to remove that so that there can be intimacy between you and him. So that you can be close you know, that's a beautiful thing to be able to be completely vulnerable with someone knowing that they've got your back, that they care for you just the way you are. And that's the way that God is with us. And so he works to purify us, to purify our misconceptions and to build our faith and our trust in him. So <clears throat> the testing process Reveals, removes impurities. It also develops maturity, trust, and intimacy like I just described. The beautiful thing about this 
is God doesn't purify us or cause these trials and these kinds of things to make life difficult for us. He does it for our good and for us to be able to be close to him and intimate with him and to know something sweet about him that we didn't know or comprehend before. So what are some of the indications that our faith needs testing? Well, uh, as you can imagine, doubt is one of those things, right? And this is the beautiful thing about God, though, because Hebrews says, as we read before, that he's the pioneer and he's the perfecter of our faith, right? And that's what we've been talking about this morning, about how he's perfecting our faith in him. But this is a beautiful thing. Remember the story of the man that brought his demon-possessed child to Jesus? Actually brought it to the disciples because Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, right? And uh, brought it to the disciples, and the disciples couldn't cast out this spirit. And so there was arguing between them and between uh, uh, the uh, teachers of the law. Okay, there's arguing going on. Jesus comes down into this, and he's like, what's going on, right? What's happening right now? Why are you guys arguing? And this man begins to explain, my son has this evil spirit, and I brought him to your disciples to cast him out, but they weren't able to. And he said, listen, my son's uh, had this for, uh, Jesus asked how long. He said, since he was a child, he's been plagued by this. He would go into convulsions, be thrown into the fire or into water. Uh, and, um, and so he says, Jesus, if you, can, if you can heal him, please do. And Jesus says, if, if you can. He says, everything's possible with God, Right? And this man responds with this, and I love it because it's so honest. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Right? He knows that there's some impurities in his faith. He's not sure what to think. His disciples weren't able to do it, so hopefully Jesus can do it. But they weren't able to. Maybe Jesus can't either. Maybe I'm, I'm hopeless in this situation. And so he comes to Jesus and he says, Lord, I believe in you. That's why I've brought him. Help my unbelief. Help me to see and to trust in you. And the Lord does that, right? And he heals this young boy, casts out the demon, and the faith of that man is, grows in that moment. And so if we have doubt, that's an indication maybe that there's some trials and some testing uh, that needs to happen so that uh, his faith, our faith will grow, right? Another, another indicator would be anxiety, right? Once we begin to feel anxious about something, it's an indication that we're, that we're afraid of something, right? Fear is another, is another one. But when, when we begin to get anxious about something, we're not sure how it's going to turn out. And so maybe it's an indication that in that moment we're relying on something other than God. And we're not sure if we can trust God with what's going on right now. Right? And so sometimes anxiety is an indication. So we come to the Lord and we say, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, right? Purify my faith in this moment so that I'm strong and mature and complete, not lacking anything. So as we close this morning, why should I welcome trials, right? Why should I do this? And I, I, hopefully this morning, um, I've encouraged you in this. Uh, especially if you're going through something right now, right? Um, that, that God, uh, listen, all the trials and all the things that we go through uh, aren't necessarily 
uh, instigated by God, right? But uh, God can use them, use them to build you and to strengthen you. He's able to take anything and make good use of it, right? And so, uh, and so my encouragement for you this morning is just that, to welcome trials. Now, it's hard to consider it pure joy, but it could, maybe that could be our prayer, right? God, help me so that I consider these things a joy. God, help me so that I experience you in the midst of the fire uh, enough to recognize how good and how sweet it is. If I look back on my own life, the sweetest things that I learned about the Lord, I learned them in the midst of fire. I learned them in the midst of difficult, rough times. And the Lord showed his love for me, and I began to understand more and more how deep and how wide his love is. And that's, that's a lesson that I would gladly learn all over again because it's so much sweeter than the trials that took me there. Right? Knowing that about Jesus, our Lord, is so much sweeter than the trials that took me there. And so uh, I want to encourage you, whatever you may be dealing with today, whatever struggle you may be going through, or maybe you're not at this moment enjoying peace and that kind of thing, but uh, as you do, and as those things come your way, we just pray, God, that help us that we can may consider it pure joy, that we can see you in the midst of this trial and learn more of who you are. You agree with me on that? Yeah. Um, if you want to respond this morning, if you have something going on that you would like prayers for, we would love to pray with you. Um, if you haven't given your life to Jesus yet, I'll tell you what, that's the sweetest best decision I've ever made in my whole life. And it gets proved every day over and over again that that was the best choice, best decision. So if you want to make that decision this morning as well, I want to invite you to stand. We're going to sing together and uh, feel free to come forward and uh, talk with me if that is the case for any of you. Let's stand.